What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Renewable Energy Smart Pod. I'm Sean McMahon, and I'm coming to you from the third and final day of the American Clean Power Association's Clean Power Conference. It's been an incredible week here in New Orleans, with mountains of amazing insights about clean power and the future of energy. And I gotta hand it to ACP, because they saved the real showtime for the last day. And by showtime, I'm talking about Magic Johnson. Yes, Magic took the stage this morning to energize the crowd and talk about leadership. Not surprisingly, Magic's session was wildly entertaining and inspiring. However, he didn't seem to come up with a crafty answer for how the Lakers might be able to get past Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets next season, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. The morning session also featured a discussion about green hydrogen. Green H2 is a hot topic in the energy sector these days, so it was great to hear experts like Leo Moreno from AES Clean Energy and Armando Pimentel from Florida Power & Light share their thoughts on how that energy source might help reduce greenhouse gas emissions in key sectors, like manufacturing and chemicals. Another great panel focused on the evolving role of community engagement in clean energy development. It probably doesn't come as a surprise that I have a lot of thoughts on how the industry could improve its approach on this front. Simply put, the message matters. A lot. So I thought Natasha Kalergis-Healy from Bantam Communications did an excellent job of guiding that discussion so it would address important themes, including knowing your audience. And speaking of audience... The audience of this podcast knows I've been welcoming guests to the show this week, folks who are here at Clean Power, to join me on the show to talk about what's going on here in New Orleans and share some of the insights and vibes from this event. So today, I'm joined by Jesse Groner, the CEO of Triple Oak Power. Jesse, how's the show going for you? It's a good show. It's a good turnout. It feels pretty balanced out there. You can always find space to sit down and grab a conversation with somebody which is good. I think New Orleans is a good venue. Yeah, so I'm hearing a lot about how it's the right-sized conference this year. All the technologies are out there, but it's not too big, not too small, kind of the Goldilocks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I feel that, yep. So uh, what's everyone talking about? You're obviously in some meetings with key industry leaders and decision yeah. makers. What's the buzz? Yeah, so Triple Oak Power is specifically focused on onshore wind right now, and that's differentiating us in some focused conversations with people. You know, it's interesting how ACP is the evolution of what used to be a WIA, you know, the wind-focused organization that, you know, naturally expanded because a lot of the membership was not just doing wind, was also adding things like solar storage to their mix. Through the wind lens, two big themes going on, you know, costs are up, everything's expensive, much more expensive than it was last year, certainly two years ago. So that's a challenge. That's a headwind of how are we going to make the economics of things balance with respect to high cost. The flip side of that is there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of policy support. IRA, some of the guidance related to IRA uh, is now starting to kind of land with some dust on it so people understand what the rules of engagement are and how to factor in some of those benefits. So that's some, some tailwind, the macro financial market situation, interest rates, certainly playing into conversations about fund based activities. You know, we're backed by primarily NCAPS energy transition fund. Thankfully that money is all set, you know, so we're not exposed to today's conditions, but in thinking about the go forward, how companies are going to uh, raise their capital, certainly the macroeconomic factors of interest rate rise, et cetera, are, are playing into that. So those are some of the themes I'm hearing about. Yeah. So with, with your focus on wind, uh, I guess one benefit of that is you kind of 
dodge all the conversations about panels and things like that, all the tricky stuff with customs. So that must be nice. Um, how has your business changed since the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act? I'd say we were directionally going where we're still going, but we've got a boost through that. And I think it's also helped us focus on certain things, the added benefits of domestic content and energy communities is a big part. We were already leaning in those directions. The longevity of the production tax credit and being able to factor that in. The fact that things like standalone storage can get their own tax credit actually plays into our business because while we're wind, we're wind plus. So some of our projects we're contemplating adding solar and or storage, you know, strategically. And so what IRA has enabled us to do is think in timelines that make more sense because there's more more time to factor in, think more strategically about how we deploy technologies beyond when, and then the where we are. So we were already focused on things that are now defined as energy communities, where existing coal plants especially are scheduled to close or will eventually close, and those communities left behind need that economic boost that wind farms bring. Uh, so it's helped us focus on some locations so all good things, quite frankly, and, and we've been in to visit recently with some policymakers to thank them for their support in, in passing it because uh, we want to make sure they understand like policy that happens at that level does materialize into real investments in communities. And I think what we play a role of at Triple Oak is that, that kind of tip of the spear, if you will, as to where these macro policy and macroeconomic issues get deployed in local areas and we're at that touch point. It's pretty exciting. I got you. So, you know, a lot of conversation here this week also about transmission. Yep. And so I'm, I'm sure you have a keen interest in that. So are you hearing kind of what you want to hear? Is it, you know, halfway there? Or what's your take? I think everybody wants to solve the problem of transmission. The, the reality is it's a multi-layered cake of issues. So the queues are, are log jammed. You know, in the ISOs, we're certainly, we don't have any magic silver bullets to expedite our way through the interconnection queues. I think the general trend of transmission planning in its cycles, whether you're in an organized market or you're in the bilateral markets of the West, there's a lot of talk about what transmission needs to get built, but it's all very far away. Our vision at Triple Oak is to start with existing infrastructure when it comes to transmission. So some of the opportunities as we see it are for transmission lines that are already in service. How do we fill those up more frequently, right? So when I think about the hybrids of wind solar storage, right? One of the benefits of hybridization is you can use transmission more optimally and fill up the pipe, if you will. So that's one avenue is how do we, how do we use transmission more efficiently and in, in an optimized way? Uh, another with respect to the, the queues is, again, FERC has given some policy that's helpful in the case of old thermal power plants when they retire, reusing those interconnections under a generator replacement. That's an opportunity, right? And so those are some of the themes that we see to mitigate the fact that, yes, transmission, we need more transmission. It will take a while. The third piece to that is what we call power to X. And what's really exciting at this moment is it's still early, but it's definitely moving toward how do we take electricity and make it the highest, best use of an energy content, which may be a molecule. 
And so now you start to get into things that maybe with transmission grid constraints, you can still develop large-scale wind farms, for example, in remote areas, and then you need this alternative path to market. So those are, those are all elements why we see transmission as a challenge, but not, you know, an obstacle not to be overcome. Yeah, I mean, transmission has certainly been a hot topic here this week, and it's, you know, kind of even in Washington as well. So shifting gears a little bit, um, we're in New Orleans, kind of a fun town to have a conference. Have you been able to partake in any of the social activities out there? I've enjoyed, you know, it's especially good to get out of the, the balmy, soggy weather and jump into some air conditioning. So yeah, between the conference center and some great restaurants, I've been eating a lot of good local food. Last night, we were at a great restaurant and one of the appetizers was um, oysters. And my favorite part of the whole dish and the whole meal was the butter. I don't know what they put in the butter here, but man, I could have I just sopped up that butter with bread all night. Yeah, yeah, you gotta ditch the calorie counts while you're in That's, New Orleans. Yeah, you bet. Uh, another thing, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot. So I have uh, one or two guests I've chatted with. I've told them, but I also have my own kind of personal beignet counter. Okay. What's your beignet count at for this week? I have at zero. Oh, come on. No I, way. I have been presented with zero beignets, and I have sought out <laughs> zero beignets. So somehow I've made it through with no beignets. Oh, my gosh. I think yeah. you might be the one person out of the 8,000. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, Jesse, this has been fun. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Sean. All right, everyone. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe or follow this show on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And as always, please be sure to share it with your friends and colleagues. Have a great day.